everyone. It's Aaron Schimmel, DevOps.com. You're listening to another DevOps chat. Today's DevOps chat is, a, I think, going to be a good one. We have with me author, uh, founder Jeff Dalton of the Agile CXO. Jeff, welcome. Good morning, Alan. Thank you for having me, sir. Absolutely. My pleasure having you. You know, talking off mic, we, we both were lamenting uh, freezing down here in Florida. <laughs> but, you know, first world problems, it, it's gotten into the 50s and we're breaking out the cold weather gear. Yeah, right. Um, there was a time in my life where if you told me it was 50s in January, February, I'd be out running around. Go to the beach? Yeah, pretty much. But anyway, you know, such is life when you move uh, move to Florida, Jeff. But let's talk a little bit about uh, the Agile CXO. First of all, let's assume some folks in our audience are not familiar at all with it. Talk to us. What is it? Sure. AgileCXO.org is an organization that um, we started about two years ago. And it was based on the notion that, that leaders really struggle with uh, how to successfully create Agile culture in their organization. And it was based on a series of about 200 assessments we did of Agile organizations to try to really figure out why it wasn't taking hold in the way leaders wanted it to. And the conclusion we came to was pretty simple, really, is that Agile leaders weren't being Agile themselves, and they really didn't know how to be. They needed help with that. So there's a lot of reasons for that, and we talk about that in the book, Great Big Agile. Uh, but that's how we started about two years ago. And since then, we've uh, developed a series of models uh, for performance and for evaluation and a series of training courses. We have partners in China and Japan and India and the U.S. now uh, delivering the, these services to their customers. So we're pretty excited about it. And now that the book's come out, we're even more excited about it. Absolutely. So, you know, Jeff, for some of our folks out there, they hear people say, I wrote a book, right? <laughs> I, I, and, and you know what? I've had, I, I'm blessed to have a lot of friends who have written books. I've, I've contributed to several books. And people say, oh, yeah, that guy wrote a book. They don't really understand what goes into writing a book, though. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's one thing to write a blog article or, you know, something like that. Writing a real book is is work, though. It sure is. Give us share with our audience a little bit. What like what was the effort required? here? (laughs) That's a great question. I've never been asked that, but it's funny. I I started my book uh, with uh, the you know, you have the acknowledgments in the front of it. And the very first line was writing a book is much harder than I thought it was. Yeah, it is. No, it is. I mean, there's yeah. no doubt. It, it, um, you know, I'd written a lot of articles, um, a lot of long articles, you know, I write a lot for cutter it business journal and for better software magazine and, uh, for a week. And, you know, I've written quite a few articles in my life and I've written quite a few more eBooks. Uh, but what I, uh, what I really wasn't prepared for was the sheer volume uh, and effort associated with telling the story and, and completeness. You know, it's one thing to, to kick one idea out in a blog post or to kick a series of ideas out and explain them. But to really explain, you know, a system of ideas and su- provide supporting information and research and really tell a convincing story from start to finish – um, is a massive effort that 
you know, I didn't even do alone. I, I had help. I had, you know, my wife's an editor and she really helped out. And I had other people on our team really, you know, help providing me with information and reviews. And, and that it doesn't even consider the publisher who, you know, kept coming back with demands for more information and better clarification and really kept me on track there. And, you know, then there's artwork and covers and, indices and i know at the very end they're like oh you, you need a, a glossary i'm like oh okay so it just it's a massive massive effort it is but it's it's also a really cool effort because i what i've learned from writing the book um one is that you don't really know what you're talking about until you're forced to flesh it out in writing yeah for sure and it's really helped me working with with my customers and clients because I'm able to really articulate what I think. And, um, and this is important because the book is about a new idea um, that people aren't talking about that much. And um, you know, a lot of people are talking about Agile, a lot of people, and there's a lot of fantastic books about Agile. Uh, we didn't want to write another one. Uh, we thought that you know, Ken Schwaber's book on Scrum is, is beautiful and doesn't need much elaboration. And, and there's books on DevOps that are very well done. And we didn't, we didn't really want to write another one of those. We wanted to write about something new. So thinking through that entire story was, you know, required a lot of effort and time and uh, much more than I expected. But it finally comes together. At some point, you get in a groove and then it just becomes, you know, a mission. And, and, and we completed that mission in, uh, in October. So a book came on the other end, so it's pretty exciting stuff. Absolutely. But, you know, what, what's kind of different in your case, Jeff, is, is the book really serves as the, the Bible, the, the, the how-to, the, the map of this right. whole Agile CXO, as, as we were talking about, you know, Agile in a vertical I think right. you mentioned it. Agile in a vertical way, not the usual horizontal, if you will. Right. Yeah. One of the things I talk about in the book early on is um, really trying to position the different industry models uh, a little bit more succinctly because we hear about process models or behavioral models and frameworks. And there's a lot of ambiguity in the industry about you know, the differences between these things. What's the difference between Scrum and Agile is something you hear people talk about a lot. And what's mm-hmm. the difference between ISO and CMMI and PMBOK and all these different techniques and models out there. And we, we categorize these things into three different categories in the book. Uh, what we call why ability models. Why are we doing stuff? Uh, what ability models? You know, what am I supposed to do? and how ability models, like how am I supposed to behave? So you take something like an ISO or a CMMI or a PMBOK, these are squarely what ability models. You must do these things. There's a list of things that you're supposed to do, but gives very little guidance on how to do it, what kind of behaviors are necessary. And a lot of the agile uh, frameworks are really great uh, why ability models. You know, these are agile values and here's why you should do these things. And they're very light on the what because they want to be more empirical and they want to have teams learn and improve and, and change as it makes sense. Uh, but there isn't a lot of detail for a leader to say, how do I make an agile organization? So we coupled that with the notion that scaling agile is really about uh, scaling vertically from teams up to senior management. 
Um, not so much scaling horizontally, which is what we see with things like SAFE or LESS. Uh, these are all great models and they're necessary models, but, but the conversation has really been focused on horizontal scalability. Um, but nobody's really talking about vertical uh, scalability and, it, and the changing of leadership. So we talk about being change agents and changing companies when we do agile transformations, but what we're not doing so well is changing leadership. Uh, and, that's, and that's the primary impediment. I mean, if you look at any major study, like the, the version one study, people talk about that one a lot. Um, they've been saying for years, they've been raising this flag for years that leadership is an impediment. And Cutter IT Business Journal just did a whole uh, series of articles. I wrote one of them about, you know, the problems with agile leadership. So nobody's really been addressing it other than in the trade magazines. Um, so we decided to write a book about it, and and we've had a lot of experience. Um, I spent a lot of years at Ernst & Young doing leadership coaching, and we've had a lot of experience working with senior management. So we said, hey, they need help understanding this, and so we wrote a how-to book for them. And that's that's what it is. It's called Great Big Agile, and it's it's actually filled with lots of pictures, and it's in color, and it's really designed for a senior manager to use as a reference. Fantastic. And yeah, we'll get into how where the book may be available, how how some of our listeners listening in if they want to grab a copy where they where they can. But I think the other thing I, I want to convey to the audience, Jeff, is that this book doesn't exist in a vacuum. It right. exists right, it exists within the larger universe, as you mentioned, of other agile books and DevOps books and a lot of as you call them, these horizontal frameworks and so forth. But the book itself has kind of served as a, a again, a, a blueprint for an entire school right. of thought, if you will, that is now taking shape worldwide with people who are offering training and, and coming in and assessing organizations and helping them to achieve this, this type of vision, right? Right. Well, you know, consultants, especially management consultants, have for years been talking about, you know, leadership re-engineering and, and re-engineering the organization. And if you're reading anything from Peter Drucker or any of those guys, they've been talking about it for years. And I remember the decades I was with Ernst & Young years ago, we always talked about this and we always did engagements working with customers to help improve leadership performance. What we didn't have is a model that describes how to do it. Uh, you know, we, we sat down with leaders and we said, how do you, who do you want to be? And let me, you know, I'm a smart guy. Let me help you. Uh, in a lot of ways, um, we need the same types of models and assessments and training that we've been championing for lower level teams, uh, scrum, uh, certification, for instance, safe certification, DevOps cert and training. These things are considered normal, you know, coursework and certifications for the average worker now, we don't have anything similar for leadership. And that's what this model is all about, is giving leaders a chance to really learn and have a model, a how-to model for how to improve performance and to get their whole organization certified so that they can be known as a really progressive agile organization. So, and we spoke off, off uh, Mike, Jeff, you know I'm the one of the co-founders of the DevOps Institute. Uh -huh. So I, I have a more than a little bit 
of experience and insight into what it takes to have sort of a worldwide network of people who are offering training, education, assessments based upon, you want to call it curriculum or knowledge right? that you, you've sort of codified, if you will. Um, that's a big job, right? It's more than just Jeff Dalton. Right. And, and so share with us, if you can, a little bit. You know, what, what, what's the organization like? Sure. Well, we have a team. Um, this didn't start from scratch. Um, I own another company called Broadsword uh, that's been around for almost 20 years. And we've been reasonably successful in the performance improvement market. We work with various models, including Agile Frameworks, but also CMMI and ISO and PMBOK and Scrum and XP and SAFE, and we work with all of those models, and we work with companies, uh, largely federal government contractors of pretty good size. So we have a lot of experience working with Fortune 500 companies all over the world. We have customers in China and Hong Kong and India and, and Japan and the U.S. and in some in Europe and South America. We've been doing this pretty successfully for about 20 years, and we've built a large network of CEOs and leaders, and especially CIOs and CTOs of organizations all over the world. And so that's where we started. And so Broadsword has 15 people that have been focusing on other models and other training by other organizations for years. And so what happened is, is we were doing some assessments of a couple of really large companies two years ago. And we realized that the real impediment was this whole notion of vertical traceability, we call it, or, or vertical expansion of agility from teams up to senior management. And we started noting that with a lot of our clients. And so we said, you know, there, there's, there's something needed here. The industry really needs help with this. So let's create um, a model that we can use with our clients. And then we started getting calls from other companies saying, can we use your model and other consultants around the world? And so we started, so it started organically, the, this network of a couple of hundred CEOs and CTOs and CIOs, uh, which is where we came up with the name of the organization, CXO. And so it really happened organically because of demand. Um, so what we did is we shifted about half of those folks over to the organization to work on that. And we hired a few folks. We have a chief operating officer. We have a CTO. We have a partner manager. We have model developers. So we have a team of folks that are really dedicated to this to make it work. And we've, we've outsourced things like marketing and bookkeeping and all that kind of stuff so we can focus on the important things. Uh, but it's a group of really senior, uh, very experienced people. So we're, we're really pushing to try to make it happen. Yep. Hey, Jeff, we're, we're starting to run short on time, so I want to start putting a bow around some of these things. Sure, yeah. First of all, people listening out there, and, and our audience is pretty diverse worldwide, but can you give me either the one big reason or the top three reasons why, you know, Agile CXO is something they really need to take a look at? Sure. Well, the biggest reason is that agility and self-organization are unavoidable. They're coming, and it has nothing to do with agile. 
interestingly, Agile and DevOps are a reaction to a worldwide trend. Um, if you take a look at the Gallup study that's done every year on people's faith in leadership and institutions, what clearly is being defined in their study, and it's a worldwide study, is that people are losing faith in traditional leadership. They're losing faith in the kind of leadership that Harvard, Harvard and Stanford are pumping out every day. Um, they're more interested in self-determination and self-organization. This is happening in banking, education, software development. Um, the military is even suffering from this, or if suffering is the right word. Um, all kinds of industries universally are um, moving more and more and, and faster and faster towards this notion of self-determination and self-organization. It's a worldwide trend and you see a lot of chaos in the world and that's really what it's about. It's about an up massive upheaval in the traditional norms of leadership. And so it's inevitable that if you want to maintain young performers that are of high quality and you want to have a successful organization long-term that you're going to need to adopt agile culture top to bottom in your organization. So you're gonna to have to completely re-engineer the way you run your companies or else you're just not gonna be able to attract um, talented workers. So that's that's just inevitable. There's, the data tells us that that's coming. So that'd be the number one reason to look at this. Um, the, the second reason is that uh, leaders are really struggling with understanding what Agile means, uh, what self-organization means and how to actually achieve it. And they're getting a lot of uh, pushback from the lower levels of their organization to be more agile. But if you've ever worked on an agile or a DevOps team, you know that the further upstream you push, the harder the swimming gets. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a reason for that. We call that an organizational type mismatch, where I've got a command and control infrastructure from CEO down to basically supervisor level in an organization. And then I've got all these people saying, I want to self-organize and be more agile. So that clash of cultures is extremely uh, energy dependent. In other words, it burns a lot of energy in your company uh, to the point that your costs are, are, are overcoming your profits. So that would be the second reason to do it is it's a how-to guide for how to avoid that cultural organizational type mismatch. And finally, I think the third reason is that um, it helps employees be a lot happier and happy employees are more productive and happy employees stick around longer and happy employees, uh, team members um, are happier to work there and, are, and create less friction and less resistance. So it's good for everybody. So all good reasons to check out the book, to check out Agile CXO. And if you are a consulting firm or a company that really wants to help companies achieve these three goals, become a partner and, and join us and join us on our mission. We'd love to have you. Very cool. Jeff, last, last part, and it really segues off what you just said. Where can people get more information? Well, uh, two places I would recommend you do that. One, you can buy the book uh, on discount at Amazon. Just great big agile. Go to Amazon.com. Um, you can also buy it from any other book retailer if you like Barnes & Noble better. Um, or from APRESS. APRESS.com is who distributes it for the publisher. But Amazon is probably everybody's go-to right. for where to get the book. So I definitely take a look and read at that. Um, and then agilecxo.org. Um, if you go to agilecxo.org, you're going to have at your fingertips uh, 
samples of the model, uh, lists of the training, uh, videos to watch. Uh, we do our own podcast, just similar to yours, Alan, the, the Agile Leadership Podcast. And uh, what we do there is we interview CIOs and CTOs of state government primarily around the country. So we've got Texas and Kentucky and Florida and Michigan and Wisconsin and CIOs from really large, you know, two, 3,000 person IT organizations that are trying to adopt Agile. And you know, we get their perspective and the things they're struggling with at the Agile Leadership Podcast. So all that's available at agilecxo.org and feel free to stop by. Excellent. Jeff, we're about out of time. Um, first of all, thank you very much for, for sharing with us today the insights and, and more about Agile CXL. Um, continued success with it. We'll watch it go. Maybe we have you back on the show a couple months and, and see where things are. Thanks. I would appreciate that. And, and while, we're, while we're talking about that, Alan, we'd love to have you on our Agile Leadership Podcast. Anytime. Just let me know when and, uh, you know, in a dial in or log on and, and I'm there. Um, hey, stay warm down there. <laughs> I'm doing my best. I think, I think I may have one degree on you down here. Yeah, maybe. But it'll, it'll warm up soon enough. And I'll have to get, I love, you know, I like having, usually I go to Almorada fishing. Right, yeah. Key West partying and marathon somewhere in between. So uh, next time we'll by, we do a lot of fishing around here. Oh, I'm sure you do. There's good fishing. Anyway, right. Jeff Dalton, the Agile CXL organization and author. Thanks for being our guest here today on DevOps Chat. And uh, this is Alan Schimmel for DevOps.com and DevOps Chat. Have a great day, everyone. We'll catch you soon on the next DevOps Chat. Mm-hmm.